Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerter, and I have a, a weird screen problem. Sav, you still there? <laughs> Just one of those days. I, I think I clicked <laughs> <laughs> You got kicked out? <laughs> no, I think I leave meeting. I it's just I'm having a day. <laughs> All right. Well, that's yeah. our introduction. This is uh, Sandcast Beach Volleyball with it was almost a, a lonely episode. Tries in Tokyo and Savvy was leaving me at the start. <laughs> so we are uh for the second straight edition of uh Sav and Trav's mailbag. <laughs> love it. Love to be here. Sorry, I'm having today, but this is always you know, Always bringing my mood up being on the podcast. So thanks for having me today. Always fun chatting with you, Sav. And it's good uh, good to see you play again. Like two out of the last four weekends, I've got to see you ball out in Wapaka and then uh, take a big fifth in Atlantic City. It's a big finish, Sav. Thank you. Yeah, it was a super rad tournament. And to go out and, you know, I got fifth in Wapaka. I made like 350 bucks. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then I go and I get fifth and I'm like, okay, I'm making like over a grand. This is nice. So, um, it's cool. It's, and to see all those people and to compete against the best. I mean, that was like an AVP without the Olympic teams. And so it's, it's awesome for me. And, you know, I played with Megan and, uh, we don't, we haven't played together a ton and we had a good finish. Obviously I'm tough on myself and I think we could have done better, but you know, in hindsight, it, it was a great finish and we can hopefully carry that over into the Atlanta qualifier. I'm sure we'll be in the qualifier, little grinders, the young ones out there in the qualifier. <laughs> but that's that's what it's all about, starting from the ground and working our way up. So yeah, I'm super fired up with that finish and hoping to carry that over into the next tournament because it's yeah, it's coming up quick. This this summer's crazy and, and obviously you're still on the road. So yeah. where are you going next? Uh, next for me, uh, going down to train for like two days in Myrtle, uh, with Adam before we, uh, we are back to our home away from home in Bulgaria. It's like fourth event we've played there. (laughs) And then we go from Bulgaria back to Atlanta. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, AVP Atlantic city, uh, I'm leaving out AVP next because it wasn't really an AVP next. Um, one thing I was, and we want to focus the majority of the episode on the Olympics, but I did want to ask like, how was it for you? playing some of these teams you've grown up playing like you played uh emily day and betsy flint right took them down yeah that was a super gnarly game and it, yeah. it's it's weird for me i mentioned on the last podcast about how the avp is so different now because you know i you grow up watching these people play and you never think you're gonna get the opportunity to play against them but you know obviously i'm of the age now to play against all these legends and um they're just such an incredible team. And for Megan and I to come out um, and win that game in three was awesome. So it, it you're kind of like, you're warming up. And I, I've kind of been talking about this with a lot of people and I, I just love to be friendly and kind of social and honestly kind of like a little starstruck when I see these people, I'm like, these yeah. are like legends on the court and I get to play against them. And I think it's just the coolest opportunity ever. And there's, you know, everyone's really nice. And, um, you know, just, just chatting a little bit and, you know, me being nervous, also talking a little bit more cause I'm nervous. Um, and it was a battle. That was, that was one game where I feel like we went back and forth serving both players the whole time. And normally yeah. you kind of stick to one person, maybe at the end you switch it, but 
they're both such incredible players. It's like you, you, we kind of had to keep mixing it up and see what worked well for us. And that's kind of what they did for us as well as is, is mix it up. So um, it's a different style of play that I'm used to, but it's, I think that's what the high level is all about is, is thinking on your toes and being ready to switch it up at any second. This player gets hot for two plays, switch to the next player. Um, you know, so I, I learned a lot from that game, um, a ton of takeaways and, obviously a big win for us. You don't, you don't want to go in the loser bracket on, on day no. one. That's kind of, uh, <laughs> that's a long way back. yeah, you don't want to, that's kind of what I'm learning. And so to win that game and then win the next game after that to, to at least get to Sunday in the winner's bracket, then we had two tough losses on Sunday. Um, you know, we still finished with a fifth place, which is amazing. The wind obviously picked up Sunday, which is, you know, pretty brutal conditions for everyone, but uh, some teams just perform better in the wind than we did. And, and that's just kind of how, you know, tip our hat to them. But like I said, it's just this whole experience has been crazy because these are people that I idolize and people that I I'm, I'm fans of, and then you get to play on the court with them. Um, and I have so much respect for, for them. And, um, I look forward to hopefully playing against them again and getting another shot at it. Um, cause it was a three set. I think it was 15, 12 in the third set. Couldn't have been closer. Yeah. Good match. Absolutely, absolutely loved it and look forward to more volleyball like that in the future. It's really yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, congrats to you on a, on an awesome finish. Cause like that, so that tournament, I mean, it's Navy P next in name, but it's really no different than like how AVP San Francisco used to be. So San Francisco used to like run into the same weekend as I want to say like Stad or Vienna or where, where the top like four us teams were always gone. And so all it was, was like AVP San Francisco where the top teams are gone but it was a bigger draw. So it's basically an AVP. Like the money was really good. As you saw, like you got paid probably what triple in Atlantic city, what you did in Wapaka. Um, and so like, I think that a fifth there is, is a very legit fifth. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I'm just pardon myself. I just want to <laughs> never satisfied, which is a blessing and a curse. Uh, you know, you lose sleep over those losses that you, you know, you could have won, or if you just perform right. better, you at least could have had a shot. Um, but that's the name of the game. I think you, you learn more when you lose, honestly, it sucked. It's more painful. I literally lost sleep over it, but you learn a lot. And now I can take those losses and, and move forward. And like you said, a fifth place at that event is, is no joke. So I gotta, I gotta give myself a little bit of credit. I'm just yeah, perpetually dissatisfied as my high school coach used to say. And that's been really <laughs> now but we're learning living we learn and we're moving forward yeah, yeah. i'm excited to watch try play tonight yep. moving on to our our fan we got a couple fan questions today pretty much all about the olympics which i'm not surprised about um but tell me what you think about their matchup and you're excited to watch that game obviously as am i oh, yeah. so about that game yeah. So, I mean, just for, for the listeners, so this is like the second straight kind of fan question episode we've done sort of because I, I'd have felt almost bad if, to have another guest on at this time. Cause it would just would have been like washed over so fast because all anybody wants to talk about right now is the Olympics. So uh, try might pop on. Uh, he might give me a call later tonight, our time or like in the afternoon, Tokyo time. So maybe we'll get an update from try or maybe not. So we just wanted to have an, an Olympic uh, podcast update here because that's just what what everybody wants. But so far, April and Alex are two and zero. Uh, Sarah and Kelly one and zero. Phil and Nick one and one after a crazy match with Brazil last night. Uh, and then uh, Try and Jake 
uh, which is still weird for me to say. I had like so many typos in the first story I wrote about him. It was like Gibbon Crab, Born and Crab. It's like this is this is just weird to write Gibb and Born. Um, yeah. So they play Switzerland tonight, uh, which I would deem is is like almost a like a must win for them because um, they they took advantage of an opportunity against Italy. I thought that was an important win, and I thought Tri played awesome. He sat it out like twenty two at twenty six, which wow. is just ridiculous. Dug a lot of balls, aces like he was. A, the best player on the court, I thought. Um, so he's ready for this moment. And uh, they're playing Mirka Gerson and Adrian Heidrich uh, tonight, which by the time this podcast comes out, uh, the match will be over. Um, but I think it's kind of a must win for them because they play Qatar next. And so if you can get your two wins early before you play the top seed in pool, that's super important. Because if you win two, you're out. Like you're clear. Um so this would be important for them to get out. And just with the way the Olympic pool play is structured, it really doesn't matter at all if you go one and two or two and one. As long as you are out of pool, you're out of pool because there's it's 24 teams total. Uh, the top two from each pool make it out with four lucky losers. Um, and so you just you really want to make sure you seal up that second spot. to watch try again yeah i i didn't know i thought originally it was three coming out of pool so that's that's obviously obviously i'm learning something new every day two out of pool and four lucky losers so that's interesting you know obviously yeah. i'm trying to well, navigate this whole team uh so yeah because it's different um, like normally fivbs uh three will come out of every pool so you're not wrong but this isn't it just isn't a normal FIVB because they don't run modified pool in the Olympics. Everyone plays everyone. And so it's kind of, this is, it's actually the same way, a similar way that the two star system's done because two stars are 24 team draws and 16 make it out. So you get to the top two from pool plus four lucky losers. And that's how this one's done too. And the lucky losers are determined by point differential. Um, so it goes first to sets one. And then if there's a tie, then it goes to point differential. So like if you're playing, Morocco or Japan, like you just got to run up the score as much as you can, pretty much. Exactly. You got to try and be. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple questions about try on here, which I feel like you can answer pretty well as I mean, you're so close to them. So Donnie Bass, he asked, what emotions did try feel when he got the call to come and play? And I'm sure you've obviously yeah. talked. And, you know, he posted an Instagram about it. If you guys haven't watched it already, you should go to his Instagram page and kind of listen to his, uh, you know, it's kind of, I think it was the day after he got there or something. Um, yeah. him just, he was actually there. It was a real thing. It wasn't just a made up thing. And, um, it's a good, what was it? Five minutes of your time. I, I loved, I listened to it a couple of times and yeah. it was super inspiring. So what did he say to you about, you know, cause the last episode we did <laughs> make it cause he was, Right. Going on, over there. On his way. So, yeah. What did he do? So he uh, last Tuesday, um, so when we recorded this last episode, like a couple hours earlier, uh, I was lifting at a Planet Fitness in uh, in Baltimore and Try calls me and he's like, hey, bro, like uh, I'm going to be on my way to Tokyo tonight. I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, it's like this crazy thing. He's like Taylor tested positive for COVID. He's like, you can't tell anyone. He's like, this is pretty much a secret mission. Like I'm going to, to Tokyo Bay, but he wasn't sure if he was in. So Taylor had tested positive, but it could have been a false positive. So, so Travis was like, I'm going basically just in case he tests positive again. 
Um, and so I was like, and pretty much everyone who's friends with both of them got hit with this like same conflicting emotions. It's like, holy shit, like you're an Olympian. Holy crap, this is so sad for Taylor. Right. And so Tri was like heartbroken for Taylor because it's just such a horrible scenario. And like no one would wish that to happen. And and Taylor, you know, he's not even the only one in this situation. Like both Czech teams had to forfeit out of the Olympics. Um, they couldn't even get an alternate. Um, and so like Tri was just like this brutal seesaw between excitement and like, damn, I'm bummed for bug. Um yeah. But at the same time, you know, Tri can't control the situation. And so he can't, he, he can't make the COVID rules. He can't make up, you know, he can't do anything about the fact that Taylor tested positive. Um, the only thing he could do is, is play the best volleyball he could play. And who better to fill in for that spot? I mean, there's obviously Trevor, um, but Trevor's hurt right now. So he can't even, he couldn't play anyway. Um, and so Tri was like, well, who better than, than Tri Bourne? Like one of Taylor's closest friends someone who like loves Taylor grew up playing with Taylor learned with Taylor and who's like, he's going to go out there and he knows it's Taylor's team, but yeah. he's still like tries been, he's qualified points wise for two straight Olympics. Yeah. So he's done the work and he knows that this is a stage that he belongs on. And we saw it when he played Italy, he was the best player on the court and uh, just filled in seamlessly. Like there were no nerves or at least none that none that were on display on the court. Yeah. He played awesome. Um, and so he just like went in seamlessly, like I know him and Rich have a good relationship and, and it's funny. I think the funniest part is that he's playing with Jake Gibb, you know, Jake's been the, the thorn in Tri's side basically since Tri started playing professionally, you know, Tri's like kept trying to come up and come up, but Jake and Phil are at the top and just like, not yet. <laughs> young buck. And now Jake's the one who, who gave him this huge opportunity. So it's, um, yeah. It was just this like seesaw of like excitement and being bummed for Taylor, but now trying to is like the best thing he could possibly do is is bring a medal home for Taylor, for Jake, for Rich, for USA. The whole team, yeah. So I think it's really cool how he's been. They've just kind of it's like a team. I think Jake had a statement where he's like, "It's unfair because we're playing three versus two because yeah. they." I think that's such a cool thing to read, just as someone who's just like a spectator from the outside. I think it's just so special. So I'm really excited to watch tonight. Um, you kind of mentioned it, how, you know, they could have talked, called Trevor, but he was injured. Someone else asked, did Gabe, uh, Gib have any other options besides try? Um, but they would always take from, they were technically the alternate team, right? Um, so. Try and Trevor. Normally do the alternates go to the Olympics if it's, it's not. Too, so that's a um, like kind of a federation's choice. So Canada uh, they send alternates. So in 2016, um, Brandy and Melissa Humana Paredes went as, as alternates. Um, and when we had Brandy on the podcast, she said this really cool thing. She's like, I could have stayed in the village, but I didn't because I knew I'd get there one day. And now it's very cool that Brandy is an Olympian um, herself. But so Canada, they sent uh, actually guys as the alternates. And so my buddy Jake McNeil's out there playing, practicing with the girls, practicing with the guys, like helping whoever. Um, so it's up to each federation. Um, if they want to send alternates or not, I don't think the U S typically does. Um, I think that they just have alternates ready in, in a situation like this and try popped on a flight and he was there. Yeah. So to answer this question, it was between try or Trevor and Trevor was injured or maybe, maybe they asked try first. I don't really know how it all worked out. Yeah. Do you know how it kind of all worked I think out? I actually called Trevor first. Cause Trevor's the more 
natural defender. I mean, Trout was running up 80% of the time at the end of the year playing with them. And Trevor was like, <laughs> I threw out my back. <laughs> and so I went to try. <laughs> it's just so crazy. And you, we were talking, we were kind of chatting before we started talking is just how, if anyone deserves a break, it's try. And I think it's just incredible that he's finally there. And I don't know him super well, just through this podcast. And I like, you just, how can you not be his fan? I just don't understand. You can't, you can't be a fan of him or, or that whole team in that situation. So obviously it's incredible to see. Um, but we have, maybe some people aren't fans. We have one question. Here. <laughs> we have one question here. Um, from Black Mamba Beto, he said, <laughs> "We'll try <laughs> try baby since he made it to the Tokyo Olympics and stopped whining." So, <laughs> good old Black Mamba. I mean, one if if anybody has any reason to complain about anything, it, it would be try. I mean, you know, he grew up. I mean, his parents like run triathlons, still do triathlons. Like, try grew up like he was surfing and running and playing volleyball. And he's just like constant movement. And then for two years, you know, he has autoimmune disease. Like his whole life was flipped upside down. Like could not do a single thing he had grown up doing. Whole lifestyle completely changed. And Try never once complained to me about his autoimmune disease, about breaking his hand, about any of these bad things. Like he just weathered it. And he was like, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. It's going to work out. I'm just going to keep putting in the work. And for try to be in the situation he is now like playing the Olympics, like we have been describing it when people ask, like everything had to go perfectly wrong for try to be where he is now, you know? And I, and I think that that just speaks to, you know, what happens if you just have a little bit of faith, but you don't just sit around and wait for God or, or the universe or the spirit you know, to do it. Like try put in the work. I mean, he was at Mikel's four days a week. He was practicing five days a week. Like he was doing sports psych. He was meditating. He was watching film. He was doing all these things. I stories like days after he didn't qualify and he was doing like the, the U.S. teams were in Florida training in the heat and he was somewhere doing heat training, this gnarly training. It's like yeah. any person could have just been like, I didn't qualify. I'm burnt out. I am just going to like take the back seat and just go hang with my family. And he, like, I don't know, maybe he had a weird feeling or just, that's just who he is. And he just continued to grind for the AVP season. But I mean, it's you, I saw the stories and I was like, what is he doing? He didn't qualify. Yeah. <laughs> like what, like what's going on. And then it just, I mean, everything happens for a reason. So I think it's just, it's so incredible. Yeah. And, and one thing, kind of a, a motif of that Tri has been used in the last four years we've been doing this podcast is, is your best ability is your availability. So he's like, no matter what happens, I'm just going to be ready. Like if Phil Dahlhauser calls me, I'm going to be ready. If Jake Gibb calls me for the Olympics, I'll be ready. And so he's just like, he lost, probably wallowed in it for a week. And then boom, he was working out again and he was ready. And turns out, you know, a, a terrible thing happened with Taylor and try was ready to to fill in and and play for his boy exactly gosh it's just so special so um obviously excited to watch him tonight and hopefully going for their their second win in pool and yeah. I, i'd probably guarantee them making it out i don't really know but hopefully that would give him a, a really good chance of making it out um so moving on i want to talk a little bit more about the other men's team that mm -hmm. was an insane match last night with yeah Bill and Nick and the Brazilians. So I haven't, obviously I watch a little bit more of the women's side. Um, 
but I've gotten the chance to watch the men's this year more than the women's just based on my schedule. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about that match and someone, Chad, he asked, he said, how can we get Phil to be fired up Phil? <laughs> so I kind of want to get your opinion on that. Cause I don't know much about fired up Phil. Uh, so yeah, I want to talk about that, that game last night and yeah. how him fired up, I guess. Well, I think, uh, you know, with, with Phil, I think this Olympics is probably going to be the last fired up Phil uh, we'll ever see. Um, I don't know what Phil's plans are for the AVPs later, but um, you know, he's played so much volleyball and he's won so many volleyball tournaments. And the one thing he said is that, you know, when we had him on the podcast, he was like our seventh or eighth guest. You know, he said that everyone's measured by the big ones, you know, quarterbacks by, by Super Bowls and all this stuff. And, and the Olympics are, that's the biggie for beach volleyball, whether we like it or not, you know, it feels like you could win a tournament in Marseille and no one cares, but you could win the Olympics and that's a global event. And this is, this is the big one for Phil. And I think that the magnitude of the event and the size of the competition, like that's what get Phil jacked up. You know, he looks at AVPs a lot of the times, the way me and you might look at a CBVA, you know, like it's a good tournament. We're playing good teams, but at the end of the day, like, you know, if we lose in a CBVA, we're not going to lose any sleep. You know, if we win a CBVA, you know, we'll clap our hands and go out to dinner and, and fall asleep like normal, you know, but Phil looks at these tournaments, these are the biggies for him. Um, and so I think that now that they're, they've won, they're one and one. Um, I like their chances to, to break pool because um, now they have one match against an Argentinian team that is okay, good, not great. They should have no problem, like 21-17, 21-16 maybe. Um, and then once, once they get out of pool, I, I think then we'll, we'll be seeing Phil Dahlhauser at, at his absolute, as good as he can be given the conditions. I mean, Phil's in the quarantine hotel. He can't, he can't use the facilities. <laughs> like, they, they can't practice with another team. And so they can't even use the shower. So they're getting these guys to like literally squirt them with a hose to get the oh. sand off. Oh my gosh. I forgot about that. So that's just, they, they were talking about it on, I think the commentators were talking about it, how it's been kind of hard for him to kind of get in a groove because yeah. he literally has just been in the weirdest situation. He's totally separate. And I saw someone's story of him getting hosed off. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. Out of that hotel. Is there like a two week period or? I have crazy. no idea. Um, from everyone I've talked to who's, who's there in Tokyo, they're just like, Dude, they're just making up rules on the spot. Like they, there's no precedent for this stuff. And they're just like, oh, you know, someone's cousin who's friends with someone who had COVID. Like you, you can't shower. It's, you know, it's, it's nuts. And so Phil's in that situation. Jake Gibb is in that situation. Kelly Clay's is out there. Um, and they're all in this quarantine hotel where all you can do, you can't practice with any other teams. Uh, you can only practice with your partner and your coach you have to be like the dead last team to use the facility. Um, and like, you can't, if you're the last team to practice, it's like nine, 10 PM when you're practicing and you might get a morning match the next day. So it's, uh, it's not ideal. So they got a little bit of adversity out there. Um, so maybe we're not, not see like the peak peak of Phil just given these things, but I think we're going to see as, as good as we can possibly get given the circumstances. I had no idea that Kelly was in that situation too. I just don't understand. I'm never going to understand how you like, you can play a match against another team and like be touching the ball and then you can go, 
but you have to be in a different hotel and shower. I'm just, I don't think anyone can understand. They're doing their thing. The authorities, they, they're, they got it, whatever they got going on. I'm not yeah. going to question it. Like trying to be COVID safe. I get it, but it's just it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. So I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy. But, um, I have a funny question here about, um, <laughs> Is Nick Lucena's goatee inspired by Taylor Crab or Todd Rogers? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hopefully both. I mean, uh, I think it's uh, Nick did that for Taylor, though. I, I love that all the U.S. players have a little something going on for Taylor. Um, you know, Nick's got the goatee, which is hilarious. And I know that Taylor really appreciated it. Um, Jake wrote Tay on his hat. Try wrote Bug. So everyone's doing a little something. Uh, to give to show Taylor a little bit of love because I mean, Lord knows he needs it because he is stuck in that hotel. <laughs> He's stuck there too, right? He's all yeah. locked up in there too. Yeah. Oh my god, it's just crazy. And it, it I saw um, his girlfriend and her twin at in Atlantic City. Yeah, and they're they're the sweetest ever. And yeah. uh, I didn't talk to them a lot about it. They, I saw them the day of the qualifier, but you could just tell how rocked even both of them were about the whole situation. I mean, it's affecting everyone. It's just the craziest thing. So praying for him to get out quick and, you know, hopefully have a run at 2024 because, you know, that would be obviously incredible. Um, I kind of want to transition into talking about the girls side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, someone talked about, he asked Donnie Bass again, he asked him both American women, women's teams medal. Um, so based on their performances, I know Sarah and Kelly had a super gnarly first game against Latvia. Yeah. Um, our friend Tina, she's obviously insane. And then, uh, obviously April and Alex doing well being two no. So what do you think about the women's side? Man, I would, uh, love to see an all American final, just 2012 version. Um, uh, it, it would be so cool. It's, it's so tough. I mean, you look at the way April and Alex are playing, and they are just cruising. I mean, they walked over Spain last night, and that's a pretty good Spanish team. Um, not someone I, I thought would have given them much trouble, but, I mean, they just cruised. Um, Sarah and Kelly, though, I mean, they're playing such good volleyball. The last, like, two months have been, like, magnificent. Uh, looked like a little bit of nerves um, mm -hmm. from them, especially from Kel. Uh, she was getting a little bit tentative, a little shooty. Uh, against Tina and Anastasia, but um, I think that's to be expected just given everything. Like you can't simulate that stage ever, you know, it's, it's totally new. Um, so I love the way they're playing, but the other team that, that I think uh, is really starting to regain their form is Melissa Humana Paredes and Sarah Pavin. Um, they'd struggled a little bit towards the end of the Olympic qualification process, just kind of a little uncharacteristic for them, but man, they are playing so good right now so i think between those three um hopefully they just don't match up on the same side of the bracket until the semis um because I, I think that you know just the way the olympic qualification process went everything is just leading up to this clash of mel and pav and april and alex but i would love to see sarah and kelly just kind of cinderella dance their way through there yeah i'm excited to continue to watch um I think when is Sarah and Kelly's next game? I think it might be tomorrow. They play. So try plays. Let me see. I can get this on my phone right now. Uh, you, I'm surprised you don't have it memorized yet. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I think that they play Wednesday. Um, and I never know what it is. If it's like Wednesday, Tokyo time or Wednesday, our time. 
our time or Eastern or yeah, it's all kind of different. Let's see. It looks like they play Wednesday or maybe Thursday. We're going to pause here to take a quick second to shout out our sponsor, Wilson, as always, makers of the best balls in the game. That's what we're playing with on the AVP, which interesting news was just bought by Bally's Casino. So now we have a ton of interest in the AVP this year and a ton of interest as always in the best ball that we'll be playing with Wilson volleyball. Use our discount code sandcast 20 to get 20% off all Wilson products. That's volleyballs, that's carts, whatever Wilson you may need. Wilson sandcast 20 will get you 20% off. And now back to the show. Huh. Looks like Thursday against the Dutch, I think. Okay. So that's when we'll see them again. Yeah, um, I missed their first game because I was on my flight home from Atlantic City, but I heard it was a battle. Obviously, Tina's good. I I use I, I kind of just heard what happened and correct me if I'm wrong, but they were serving. I don't know Tina's partner's name. I just know Tina because I played against her when she Anastasia was at USC. So they were serving her for the majority of the game. And then last minute they switched and Kelly was stuffing balls like left and right. I literally was using that in like just my coaching this last week. And I, I coach with Mike uh, play check down in San yeah. Diego here. And he's talking about just like trusting your training and always being ready to get served and stuff. And I was like, did anyone watch that game? And I hadn't even watched it, but I was like, I'm pretty sure one person was getting served the whole time. And then they switched it up and it worked. So it obviously that's something I'm continuing to learn, like switching it up when it's close at the end there. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just cool to see them thriving and, and doing well. So hopefully they can come out of their pool too. And and dominate. Um, most of our next questions are about the upcoming Olympics. Do you have any more to touch on about upcoming game for the U S or teams that you think are going to dominate? How are Anders and um, Christian doing on the men's side? Whew. Uh, Anders and Christian. Well, before I get to them, I, I do want to say Tina was phenomenal at the net against Sarah and Kelly. She um, she's really the, the reason that it that they won the second set. And she was the reason that really like she was given Sarah and Kelly fits in the third set too. Um, so I, I thought defensively, she, I, I think that Tina was the best player on the court. Um, she was just really dynamic at the net, like great blocking moves. And then it's hard when you go a whole match without getting served, then it's like 10, eight. And all of a sudden, like you're getting the heat and you're out of a rhythm, especially as a blocker. Cause you're not even getting offensive reps in transition. You know, at least if you're a defender and, and you're kind of getting iced out and serve receive, you're at least getting, you know, you dig a high line and you get, you know, your offense is warmed up that way. So it's, that's a hard thing and, and good on Sarah and Kelly for making that adjustment. Um, and they had to do that on their own. You know, there's no coaches in the box in the FIVB. So that's something that they had to figure out. And, and Kelly really stepped up at the end. I mean, she had this monster, like left-handed Kong block on Tina that just completely changed the momentum of the game. Um, and so it was, it was a great match. And, and I think it was really cool because you're looking at two teams that are just the future of the sport that we're going to watch for the next two, three quads, you know, Sarah and Kelly are 24, 25, Tina's like 23 and Anastasia's really young. And so we're going to see that's players. We're going to see for a long time. So it was, it was fun. Um, but Anders and Christian, they played Spain this morning, uh, or last night, technically. Um, and, uh, Man, every team is just going after Anders. 
it's just like every team in the world colluded and decided that when 2021 starts, no one's serving Christian, everyone's serving Anders, and we're just going to tire this guy out. And, uh, and it's, it's working. I mean, it's a totally different Anders probably hasn't gotten served his whole life. Yeah. And now, you know, the last three years, Christian's gotten every ball. And now Anders is just getting every single ball. And uh, he goes in these ruts of like four or five points in a row where he'll just kind of hit a ball out, get blocked, get tentative. Whereas before, whenever he got a ball, he was just like Yahtzee deep seam, Yahtzee hard angle. And um, it's working. But it, it's crazy because the same exact thing happened to Phil and Todd in 2008. Um, everyone had served Todd. And then first match of the Olympics, Latvia just serves every ball to Phil out of nowhere and upset Phil and Todd. And um, and now people are doing the same thing to Anders and Christian, just completely switching it up, like kind of out of the blue. And it they won both, but both of them have been uncomfortably close. Like they were closer with this Australian team that they really should have. And hats off to Australia. They played fantastic. But then they were way too close with the Spanish team that's been struggling and uh, so they're not like the sure thing that they, that they used to be. <laughs> I know. Cause I remember you mentioned in our last podcast, you, I was like, obviously they're going to be the, the team to beat. And you're like, no, the Qatar boys are going to be the team to beat because everyone's switching it up. So it's crazy. It's yeah. very interesting to see. Um, did you happen to watch Carrie Walsh's latest Instagram? It was like a seven minute video. Oh, so she posted see if i can pull it up she posted an instagram i watched all of it um just about because she said she was like i never really yeah so it's like an igtv it's almost eight minutes okay. and she posted, it was like basically she just said that she never really hadn't talked about not qualifying for the olympics since she didn't qualify she kind of just went about doing her business and she finally had the time to like sit and process um so when you get a chance, you, Travis, and, and everyone else listening, get it, you know, take a listen to this because I just assume, like, she's done. But I don't know. Her video was – it wasn't reassuring. Like, you know, someone asked, um, does Carrie go for 2024? And if so, who with? Um, it's a very interesting question because I assumed, you know, she'd just be done and she'd go hang out with her kids and stuff. But she, she mentioned, like – maybe being done and people assuming that she's done, but she's like, I don't know. I still, my, I still just am fired up on it and I am yeah. not sure I want to give it up yet. So what do you think about that? I know uh, you have a- I don't, I don't think Carrie's done. I think she might be done for the year. Um, I'm going to be very interested to see if she comes back to play AVPs now that there's been an ownership change. Um, I think that'll be an interesting thing to, to watch, uh, evolve, but, uh, I don't think Harry's done. Um, I think that she's still playing pretty good volleyball. She has a lot of points and, um, you know, you have a lot of really talented young defenders, uh, like yourself or, you know, like a, a Sarah Hughes, who I, I think would probably, probably be entertain that conversation to, to play with Carrie. So, and Carrie, she's still Carrie. She's still the greatest of all time, you know, and, and if, if the greatest asks you to play, uh, you play and, and maybe there's a little Tom Brady in her, you know, she's like, all right, well, the Patriots, you know, they had a couple bad years with Tom and then he went to Tampa Bay and won, um, you know, so she didn't qualify. Maybe she could just find, do her own version of Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay and winning. Um, I, I'm never betting against Carrie, 
never going to say she's hanging it up until it is like she is done done <laughs> even then i feel like one day she's like oh i missed him going back she i mean she's in such good shape are you kidding me and, and you don't realize oh, what is she 42 i think um and april april's 39 i mean these girls these older girls and like they're in such incredible shape and they yep. know so much about the it's like if their bodies are still feeling great, like why stop? You're so much smarter and have so much more experience than like me. Like they're in better shape than me. Probably they know way more about the game. <laughs> it's like, you think that the 22 year old is going to come in and be in rad shape and, you know, do well, but the, in beach volleyball, it's weird. Like you can still be in legit beach volleyball shape at a later age. And then you just have the experience and the points and everything to go with it. It's like, you can't beat it. So, um, it's, you know, she talked a little about her partnership with Brooke. Um, and obviously great to see Brooke playing with Delaney this weekend. We can touch yeah. on that a little bit. Absolutely crush it this weekend. Yeah. To a rad team that's up pretty much what they've won all of it so far. Taryn and Kristen uh, lost in three, but I loved watching them play all weekend. Um, it's exciting to see Delaney do well. Obviously, yeah. I know you're. Too. Yeah. What do you think about that weekend? Oh, I loved it. Uh, one. Uh, I absolutely love Kristen Nuss and Taryn Cloth. They are so awesome, like such great competitors, such good people. And I think they're going to be so exciting to watch um, just from, from here on out. Um, and I love their coach, Drew Hamilton. He's the man. And we're, we're trying to get uh, Taryn and Drew on the podcast sometime soon. Um, but it's, it's so fun for me to watch Delaney succeed and, and really just kind of like have a, a partner moving forward. Cause she's always been kind of in flux with different partners. Um, and so now like she loves playing with Brooke. Uh, it's like the most fun I've seen her play volleyball since like her and Katie played together. Um, and it's, it's so fun to see they're such similar people like her. So Kendra Van Zwieten's their coach and Delaney, Kendra and Brooke are just like the same exact person. <laughs> And it's hilarious. Delaney's just like a little bit taller than the other two. I was like, you yeah. guys, we went out to dinner and I was just like, you guys like aren't even saying words and you're just like cracking up and having the time of your lives. I saw them all at, in Atlantic city. And honestly, from a distance, they all kind of looked similar. Like <laughs> glasses on they all three were, were cruising around. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like they literally look the same too. It's the funniest thing ever. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was really cool to see them play and and, and do well. I mean, I've never really, I've never met Brooke, but she seems like a super sweet girl and obviously yeah. a volleyball player. So props to Delaney for scoring that. And I hope they do well moving forward. Are they going to go play in some FIVB stuff later yeah, this year? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think they're signed up. They're kind of committed um, for the rest of the year um, for AVPs. And I think that they're debating between playing the two-star in Prague and Manhattan. Um Cause it's funny because Kristen and Taryn have won all the AVP next gold wildcard bids. Uh, Delaney and Brooke got one for Manhattan by getting second. Cause Kristen yeah. and Taryn obviously don't need like a 15th bid. Yeah. Um, so now they're like, well, we're straight into main draw for Manhattan. We're also straight into Prague. So they're kind of waffling between which one to play, but yeah, they're going to play Atlanta, either Prague or Manhattan uh, going to play Chicago. And there's a two star in Brno that they're going to play. So they're, uh, they're happy. They're going for it from here on out. You suggest them to do play in an FIVB or go play in the Manhattan Beach Open. It's hard. Were, do. It's hard. Cause like, I have no idea. 
like what the points are going to look like for the AVP. You know, who knows how many AVP events we're going to have next year. Like Bally's is moving in. Maybe it'll take them. Maybe they'll like come in like right off the bat and charge it with like 10 events. Or maybe they'll just like slow play it and just do kind of like a similar thing that Donald's been doing with like three and then four and then five. So it's it's hard to say. It's hard to, to skip out on a main draw in Manhattan when we can literally walk there from our house. <laughs> you know, rather than get on like a $1,200 flight to the Czech Republic. Yep. Um, and it, I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to what their goals are. So for me, I'm, I'm going to Prague instead of Manhattan, just cause I'm not like, I'm slowly climbing the ranks internationally. And, you know, for the guys, like if you want to get a, a top tier partner, you have to play international. And so I'm just trying to build my FIVB points as much as possible. So I'm sacrificing that, but I don't really know what Delaney's shooting for, to be honest. And I don't know what Brooke's shooting for. Um, so I think it's just kind of once they evaluate their goals, like which points are more valuable to them. I mean, you haven't been home at all. So you haven't even had yeah. <laughs> anymore. You haven't even been around. <laughs> it's so crazy. We like me and Delaney, it's like, it feels like we're dating again. We'll like pop in, see each other for like three days. And it's like, all right, well, I'll see you in three weeks in Atlanta. We're just like, it's the same thing as when we met in 2018. We just like, we would go on dates at every volleyball tournament we saw each other at. It's basically what we're back to. <laughs> just the cutest thing. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Um, so, I mean, there's a couple questions here about the, what you just touched on, the point system. Um, someone asked Rob Volley, he asked, what should change about the Olympic point system? I mean, if anything. What do you yeah, think about the I think that the Olympic point system is actually the only point system that gets it totally right. Um, you, you have, so the Olympic point system, for those who don't know, uh, you have the Olympic qualification period, which is typically a year and a half uh, to two years, just depending. Um, and you just take your best 12 finishes. So it rewards teams who play a lot. And like Carrie and Brooke, I think played the most events or, or Sarah and Kelly they played the most events of any U S teams um, and they were just playing all of them and yeah. it rewards those teams. Cause like eventually you're going to get the good finishes. Um, so I think the Olympic point system is the best. The only thing I'd like to see changed is um, they just take out the country quota. That's it. Um, Cause you look at, you know, the U S our women got screwed pretty hard. You know, Emily Stockman and Kelly Kalinske both, technically qualified for the Olympics, Carrie and Brooke technically qualified for the Olympics, uh, try and Trevor, uh, Brazil, same thing. They had four teams, men and women were in the top 15. And, and I think that, uh, the world is, is spread out enough. Um, you know, I think we're, I, I don't think we need a, a country quota system to make sure it's, it's fair and balanced. I think that it's natural selection at this, at this point, that's going to happen. Um, but as far as just the straight up point system guy, I think the Olympic system is about perfect i think it's awesome what do you think about the avp point system the avp i would like to see the avp and the fivb just go to just a rolling 365 point system where you just however many events you play that's you just take your total points and so it, it it'll reward teams for playing more events um whereas right now it's your best four out of six uh, i think on both tours so it actually on the FIVB, because there's so many events, it'll discourage teams from playing to wash out a good finish. Whereas, you know, if you're just taking your best 
like all of your points aggregate total from the last 365 days, it just, it incentivizes teams to play. Um, and so I, I like that system. Um, the AVP I think is best four out of six, which is fine given that we don't have that many events to play anyway. Um, so I think that makes sense. Um, and I like that you can't be hurt by AVP next. They can only help. So it just encourages people to play those events too. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's kind of got to get after it. You got you to gotta start signing up for all this stuff to, to right. get the, you know, it's from what I've heard, I mean, we have these AVP next, like the Atlantic City one that are, the, the level is so good, but you get very few points in comparison to like a normal right. um, AVP, but that's just the level of, the game is going up and everyone wants to play. So like, that's just the, the future of the game. Um, that's kind of our last question here. Um, Mike asks, how does, how did playing in Wapaka or Atlantic city or, you know, any AVPs that you've played in pretty much um, compare to playing internationally? Obviously I don't have the international experience. So, so what's the level difference in playing in international events versus these AVP nexts and these AVPs here in the, in that's, the state? A, that's a great question. Um, so I would say Atlantic City is was about the equivalent of like a three star um, for the guys, where you have a, a team like Cayman Theo. Say that again. The guys' side was insane. Yeah, like, I mean, so was the women's. I mean, both both you guys. You know, you look at a team like uh, James Shaw and Sean Cook, for example. Yes. Uh, gnarly team. Don't make it out of the qualifier, which yes. is crazy. And you get a team like uh, Hagen Smith and Robbie Page. Stoked to see Hagen do well. Still one of my favorite guys I've ever played with. Love him to death. Uh, and he had like double groin surgery, like gnarly stuff. Yeah. And so he, him and Robbie came out of the qualifier, made the semis. Um, excited to see Andy Benish do well. Him and Billy have kind of had a, a bit of a rocky start and they made the finals, a good final two, went to three. Um, so I would say the, the level of the guy side for Atlantic City is, is about equivalent to the three-star, uh, like a decent three-star event. Um, for the women's side, just like your guys tournament was stacked. <laughs> I was like, man, good. So I think your fit there is, is legit. Um, and then Wapaka, I think is closer to kind of a, what a two-star would be where it's a little bit more top heavy. Um, you can kind of not snooze through pool play, but you're really not all that worried about pool, which is why I think pool play is, is just kind of a, a waste of time in general i think atlantic city best format i've ever seen 32 team double m i think that's what every event should be ever including the olympics mm -hmm. um i don't know why they bother with pool play mm -hmm. for any events but double m best way to go so uh well pack is like closer one or two star atlantic city like three star keep the double limbs avp keep them going wasn't there i think you may have mentioned the last podcast there was kind of people were complaining about the the pool play for these events, people definitely prefer the double elimination. And I, I mean, I haven't had a ton of experience doing it, but I think I did like the double elim a bit better. I, I, I will agree with what everyone else is saying. Um, and it's, it's weird because in the pool play, you know, some, some teams can cruise through, but then you have like in new Orleans, Zana and Delaney were the one seed <laughs> in their last place team in their pool was Leah Monkhouse and Molly McBain, a Canadian team that had zero, literally zero points. Yeah. And they lost a third set battle and Zana and, Zana and Delaney ended up getting third in pool. So like, it's, it's crazy how the points, you know, how it can all work out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love the double limb thing because you lose a game and you can you get another shot. So I think it's great. Was the qualifier double elimination as well? 
Yeah, which I thought was so interesting. And I was like picking as many people's brains on that as possible. Like, what would you rather a, a single limb qualifier where everything's match play and you will have less matches yeah. uh, or double limb quality. So the way it worked in Atlantic city, for those who, who weren't there was um, they took the top four teams out of the winner's bracket. Once you got to the winner's semis, you were good. Once you got to the loser's bracket semis, you were good. Um, but the loser's bracket was one game to 28. Um, okay. It was a lot of matches for the guys though. I mean, I think some of the guys had to play like six so if, if you like played one match and then you played like five sets to 28, then you had to play a double in the next day where you could play up to five matches in a day. So it is a lot of volley if you're doing like a double in qualification too. But I think like we trained to play volleyball, you know, so I, I'm okay if, if it's double limb, uh, which I think is the truest format. I think if you play double limb every time you'll get kind of the, the truest winner on average. Um so I think more volley, double limb is the way to go. Qualifiers included, but it's just like if you have the time of day to run a double limb because it's a lot. Exactly. So I, I think they I think they crushed it with the format and and kudos to Jeff Conover and Carly and Wayne Gant at AVP America. They're superheroes and Josh Glazebrook and they did a great job. Yeah, it was a very well ran tournament. So you know, kind of to wrap this whole thing up. Moving forward, you know, you're you're leaving to go overseas and then you're coming back for Atlanta. So. Yep. What is our format looking like for Atlanta? I know that I think it's, what is it? A 10 team main draw. And then it's like a two day qualifier or what, what is it? Yeah. So uh, Atlanta, it's a total of 20 or 16 teams in the main draw. Um, 10 are automatically in on points. They're reserving two more spots for a wild card. If they don't use those wild card spots, which they almost never do, uh, then those two wild cards will go to two more teams by points. And then it is a two-day qualifier. So the first day is to get, I think, eight teams will make it to day two of the qualifier, which is 32 teams. And then four teams will make it out of the 32-team qualifier to main draw. Um, and then Manhattan is the same thing, except it is a 24-team main draw, not a 16. And then Chicago... I think is back down to a 16 team main draw. Um, so it's, uh, it's gnarly. Like if you have an automatic bid on the AVP this year, congratulations. Cause that is valuable. <laughs> so here, here I am. I don't know where your points are, but I will <laughs> definitely be in the qualifier. Hopefully too. Um, but yeah, it's kind of the next, next thing to look forward to. Obviously we'll continue to, watch the Olympics and, and root on our, our USA team. So obviously love chatting with you today and fired up everyone. Well, this podcast would come out tomorrow morning. So yep. hopefully you rooted on uh, <laughs> last night. Hopefully they get a, a dub in their game tonight. Um, but yeah, always a pleasure talking to you and looking forward to the finish of the Olympics and your next few events before um, the ABP Atlanta. Yeah. Love chat and Sav. Good finish in AC. Keep that rolling. Much. Thank you. All right. Talk soon. See you later. Thanks, everyone. Yeah.